Tonight, the PWU podcast team will be kicking from the Giddelow Lane end with a bumper-filled show. The crew look back at the, f- the game against Frank Lampard's Derby County. We get up close and personal with Cedric Kipre and look forward to the game down at Portman Road. The youth team have had a jolly good game down at uh, Wolverhampton in the FA Youth Cup and as the festive season approaches we look at the key games over the festive period. I'm Simon and this is the Progress with Unity podcast. Right, well, good evening. Uh, Adam, nice to have you back on the uh, on the podcast. Thank you. Yep. Oh dear, oh dear. Yes, you're going to be. It's nice to have you back. Uh, too much fun? Was it three match fun? Could have been a three match fun, uh, you know. Uh, uh, and that was just a one match. Prevented an obvious goal scoring opportunity. Well, yeah. Gareth, you've had no bans. Oh, no. Still here. It's like Gary Lineker of Podcast World. Never gets booked. <laughs> And uh, Mr Thorpe, how are you doing? I'm alright, how are you? A little bit chilled out now, we've got going. Yeah. Bloody. Yeah. (laughs) Six starts. Right, anyway, let's begin tonight's podcast with a look back against Frank Lampard's Derby County. Over to you, Gareth, for the stats. Yes, the stats from the game. Wigan Athletic versus Derby County. Possession, 33% to Wigan, 67% to Derby. Attempts, Wigan managed 7 attempts, Derby 16. On target, the Latics had 2 attempts on target, and Derby had 5 attempts on target. Wigan managed just 1 corner, 6 to Derby, fouls committed. 9 by the Latics and 14 by Derby. Yellow cards, Wigan got 1 yellow card, Derby got 2. Red cards, sadly got Wigan got 1 red card, Derby didn't get any. Wigan didn't get any goals, and Derby won 1-0. Yep, Derby did win 1-0. Um, let's start, let's put this game down into, into segments, because there's a few talking points. I thought, personally, to begin with, um, we, we looked like the real deal. Just didn't take our chances. Should have been 1-0 up. Vaughan yeah. misses too many for me. Vaughan, you know, it was a, a cracking chance early on. Um, Balls whipped in. Was it Gary Roberts or Naismith? One or two. Yeah. Um, great ball across the lovely, area. Lovely move as well. It was. It was. And um, I'll have an Uncle Joe's please. Send them down. Sponsored by Uncle Joe's <laughs> balls. Yeah. It, it was. It, it's. It's surprising if you can sit here and go how different the game might have been if that chance had gone in. But all it was made you got to take your chances. I mean, we had two on target, seven shots at the whole game. Then comes the. Well, the, probably the biggest moment bar the goal in the game. Cal Naismith uh, received a straight red card for preventing a clear goal scoring opportunity. Dragging back the attacker, uh, Dean Blastman. Did he drag him back or did he put his hand on his shoulder and that really if the guy that wanted to carry on running wouldn't have made any difference whatsoever? Uh, I didn't see him pulling. I thought he had a little... You can certainly see why he's given. <laughs> he didn't say much, did he? I mean, no. we can see him given. You can see, you know, if they're not given, there wasn't much in it. Unfortunately for Callum Smith, he got himself into a bad situation, didn't he? Yeah. You know, I think that was more the thing. With, really, yeah, it was the positioning, wasn't it? Would somebody been on the cover? Got it. You know, well, that's what I thought on the day. I also thought that I didn't when I went and saw the red card. I thought. Mm. Yeah. It was a bit harsh, but naivety on Nate When you looked on the replay, as I always say, if you turned it around the other way around, would you want it to be sent out? I'd have been crying, definitely. I think it was a fair enough. It was just disappointing because we actually did a really good press and then he flew to clearance really. He just he just panicked. Yeah, the centre back kinda like yeah. panicked the ball at the pitch and it just didn't have any one. And that's it, and that one moment led to Derby scoring, um moments later. 
And then that was the game and for, for me. And to be fair, it, I mean, that 10-15 minutes after the goal, I mean, I, God, we rode our luck there, didn't we? It could have, it could have been 5 or 6 nil. It could have been, but like you say, we rode our luck. Which you've got to do. Jack Marriott got, you know, a decent goal, decent player. I think a lot of us around the stable would have him at Latics. Yeah. The only sang Sweet Marriott once, which I thought was interesting. And then we get in, get in, make it into half-time, 1-0 down. Down to 10 men after, what, 15 minutes. Obviously, we made the two changes. We mentioned, um, you know, Vaughan, he had his, he had a chance early on. And Gary Roberts, who's been in decent form, obviously replaced for uh, Callum Connolly and Darren Gibson, I must admit, the, when... The changes were very, very well, when you When you see them on the touchline, you go in... A lot of people booed, which I think... Right. Is yeah, don't get the booing. That was a... I mean, you could, you could discuss it, couldn't you, and say, oh, this is interesting, but then... then End of the day, I think everybody at that game would realise something had to change. When, when you to look me. at the context, when you look at it without context, you're thinking, oh, the, which a lot of people did without thinking. Yeah, they, they, that's why they were booing. But you and spot some look, look, look at how really? ended up. Look at that front three. You'd never see that front three start again, would you? At one point, we had Lee Evans, Sammy Morsey, and Josh Windass up top. But Adam really said that we had to change it. At one point, it, it could have been any score. Yeah. Could have been yeah. It, it, it really uh, were fantastic. Uh, do you know? And I thought that that's where he showed managerial experience. Yeah, there. Whereas been. actually, the other guy, I thought showed lack of experience. He, he did, to me that he didn't seem to be able to articulate to his players how you play against ten men when you well, want up. He, they were absolutely useless. Frank Lampard of Frank Lampard's Derby County could have put that game to bed. You know, he could have tactically. Half time gone in, three or four up, and you try something Which a good manager, a good manager yeah. would. I, I'm not saying he's not a good manager, but an inexperienced manager, he, he didn't know how to, you know, get it across to his players how to play. Because really, I would say, in the second half, we were, I would say, by far. Well, so yeah, come to that. Didn't really translate in shots, but it's more about getting the ball in dangerous areas. Like they, they didn't really threaten our box, did they? Were no. we were always, we were always. You know, threatening the, the goal, and but they didn't have to. They were a goal up from from like a couple of minutes after sending off. They go a goal up. They're still pressing, and after that, it's when, irrelevant. When, when you when you're up there and you're coming up against a team that's you know struggling, <coughs> and you've got an extra man, you know you. You'd be, you'd do, you, do, do you think you know we, we've we've obviously played Manchester City earlier this year? Um, you know, we've played some big Premier League teams. Do you think that was one of the toughest tests of Paul Cook's career at Wigan Athletic in the fact that we have gone down to 10 men after 15 minutes, there's a long time to play out and it's been able to manage that game that it doesn't come embarrassing but still giving yourself a chance of getting something out of that Absolutely, game? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think you could, those other games, you set up in a certain way at the start of the game to play against the Premier League side and you, you, do, you, you, do, your, you do your jobs and... <coughs> and you the free the hits, aren't they, as well? The free hits, no mm. pressure. Whereas this game, you know, I don't care what anybody says, if you come off a pitch and lose 6-0... The, it doesn't matter if you the mitigating factor down to ten men. That is that's terrible, you know. You, you know, so he, he's even if we hadn't have given that level of performance in the second half, if we come off with a one 0 you think, well, there you go. Whereas actually, we all, my view, came off. It. I remember before the game, Paul, we were saying sometimes, you know, under under Joyce, you know, losing games, terrible football, boring. Mm. We said before the game, you know, sometimes you know you go to a game. And, and even if you lose, as long as you've actually enjoyed the game, and if people have come off there in that second half and said they've not enjoyed it, then well, the fans really got behind the team, didn't they? In that second half as well, you know, it was a pretty decent atmosphere. The team trailing one 0 with ten men. Well, for <coughs> me, you come off at full time. The, the results are relevant. You've come off proud of what that team have done, even though they've not delivered anything in points wise. You've come off proud of what they've done. And towards and the end of that game, it could have been so different. Mm. But that's fine margins, that's football, guys. That's all it is. Yeah. But it's, that, it's the performance level, isn't it? We've, we've done... We've, we've been on the wrong end of the result, not the wrong end of the performance, an awful lot of the times yeah. this season. And it's, it's one of those things where, like you say, going back to the cliche of fine margins, you just put a couple of them to bed and then suddenly... I think we're a different side. I think the biggest headache that comes out from the game is obviously Cal Naismith, who's slotted into that left back position, is now suspended for a trip down to Ipswich. 
I think the only na- natural, not natural, but um, replacement we're going to get in there is Nathan Byrne. Well, who had a decent enough game. I was going to raise that as to say because I, I think they switched, didn't they, to a um, having the th- kind of three centre backs really, with uh, which allowed Reese James and uh, on, and yeah. Byrne, who I thought was excellent second half, um, pushed on. I'm wondering whether he'd be tempted to stick stick to that formation because it, it certainly suits it suits Nathan Byrne better being a wing back on the left than it does being a right winger on the right yeah. I think personally that's an interesting one it's a conundrum that we still have to be answered because we're uh, we're drastically short and it's something we'll come into um, then we'll talk about Harry Wilson um, and the, the the Dan Byrne incident in the second half was it a dive was it a coming together was it just that he fell all over because if it was a dive, second yellow, he'd have gone game levelled up. Mm. Well, that's well, all if buts have made. It, now, really, it looked a dive to me. Referees apparently said it's a slip. It was a dive. Um, the guy obviously no, knew he, he looked, made himself look a bit silly. Uh, that's why he didn't appeal for it. The fact that people are using an excuse, oh, well, he didn't appeal for it, so it can't be a dive. Well, no. I don't think that's in the you rules, is it, that you have no. to appeal for it to be a dive? So, well, the rest bottled that for me. So I was that's like saying, go two-footed on him, but yeah. then say sorry. I, I, I disagree a little bit there. I, th- I think it, people will appeal for throw-ins when it's quite blatant who it's come off. So I, th- I think if, you, if you've got to dive, you're going to instinctively appeal at the same time. It's, I, don't I don't think so. I don't know. It's this thing, isn't I'm it? Not, I'm, not, I'm not a cheat, so this, I can't get into his mind. Over contact. Oh, he didn't contact him. So, and and the, the faintest of tickles legitimises a player going down in the box for a penalty. And it's, I th- we've had it before. I think Foul play. play. Was it foul play? No, it wasn't. Simulation. Yeah, right, I, it was right in front of me. Yeah. Sorry, pretty clearly. You, you, you were a lot nearer where you said. I yeah. mean, where I, where I was, because that's what you want. There's no point looking at it back. It's like first reaction, isn't it? Is it a dive? Because it's all right saying to a referee or where it was a dive in hindsight when we've seen 15 replays. But I, I think if you've seen it first time and you think definite dive, then I think we're, we're fortunate, aren't we? Because we, you know, it's in the group and we're all sat at different strategic locations around the ground and. It looked like a dive to me. It wasn't, I, and I didn't go from mine, it was on a yellow card. I just thought, Jesus, you know. Yeah. From, from, my, from my position, I, I was sat uh, right, well, quite near the front, and I got absolutely soaked. Just thought I'd throw that in, just because uh, yeah, I, mean, I need to move further back, back next Ten rows, you got to give yourself. <laughs> so, There's all in all. Really well, <laughs> something else he did, one of the earlier on. Oh, the, the clap. Potential clash of heads, headbutts with Sammy Morsi. Yeah, with Morsi, that was it. Can you say, yeah. what, what do you think of Morsi though? I mean, do you think that's like, is it is it kind of good professional play or do you think it's very poor sportsmanship? What, winding them up? No, I don't mean, I mean, going running over and, I mean, if that was Man United, you'd have been going, what, what you know, what's uh, Roy Keane doing, you know, in the face of the... Yeah, I, thought, I think... I, I wasn't impressed by that. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from, but like Gareth says, you sw- swap it round the other way. Would you be happy if there was opposition players doing that? No, but when New Yorkshire towers is for me, it looked like then you like them, don't from, you? From the video, um, it looked like he kind of not went for his head, but went for his nose. And people saying, "Oh, all Harry Wilson did was look down." He had no reason to look down. He went like that. He went like that. Adam made a dramatic. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, he tried to make contact and two, have an excuse for making contact. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that it it wasn't technically a sending off, but I'm saying it, I just think... No, I don't think it was a sending off, but he knew what he was doing, and I can see, maybe he did cut his nose a bit, and Morsi's obviously, at that point, Morsi had been on the end of about 15 minutes of pressure, you know, 1 0 down, and he's thinking, we're going to need something. Well, I'm not saying that if I was playing in the same position that I wouldn't try and do the same. Yeah. It's just I think sometimes you can't be double stacked because you know if back to what you know the United days and, and other te- you know teams who come to us who like they were going on about what's his name weren't they the other day Huddleston pretty much refing the game you know in the area of the referee you know and then but yeah I remember last year Nick Powell did that quite quite yeah. a lot he talked to the referee all 
through the game. You know, the big name players. I still think. I'm not saying they directly. The thing is, when subconsciously, it, I think when it's going for you, you're behind it. When it's against you, it's the worst thing going. By the way, you had a great game, Marcy. I thought. Yeah. Again, I tell you, what a, a great game and showed real passion was um, Reese James with his uh, his head on on the floor. <laughs> And moving on, someone who else has got something to say on that is our centre-back, Cedric Kipre, um, who's joined us on the Pros for Unity podcast this week. So listen to what he's had to say. Cedric, great to catch you and chat after after the weekend's game. A, a tough match and so far, you know, we're, we're midway through the season. How how hard have you found it to, to adapt to the English game? Because Saturday's game is an example of how tough it can be, isn't it? Yeah, no, um, this weekend was very tough, you know, especially playing with 10 men. But I think we did well with 10 men, uh, and I think we deserved at least a point on the weekend. Impressive performance by everybody once the red card happened. Uh, I know these things do happen in football and you have to just, just band together, but you've played in most of these games now and, and your teammates must have impressed you on Saturday, but who's impressed you overall the most, would you say? In the team. In our team, yeah. In our team, I'd say, uh, I think it's pretty obvious, but uh, Rhys James, you know, he's been doing very well for us, and he's very young as well, but when he plays, you don't feel like he's a young player, so yeah, Rhys James. You like to throw yourself into into aerial challenges and, and win the ball, win the headers, but Rhys James likes to win the headers on the floor like we saw on Saturday, <laughs> that was a bit of a, bit of a new one. <laughs> Yeah, no, I haven't seen that before, but you know, it shows that uh, everyone was fighting on that day, and that's great to see things like that, you know. Yeah, that was funny as well. It must be easy for you to motivate yourself when you've got teammates like that who are willing to just put their heads on the line for the, for the cause. Yeah, of course, you know, you see some of um, the tackles we did on Saturday as well, and when you see that, you just want to do the same as well to show that uh, you're at it as well, and you want to work hard for the team. It was a, that was a tough battle on on Saturday mm-hmm. because of that reason of, of having a man less. But who's been the toughest team we faced so far, in your opinion? Toughest team, um, I'd say probably Leeds, Leeds or Brentford. They were two very good teams, very technical, you know. They played some good football, so I'd say one of them too. Was that the pace of the game, the, the Leeds one? Because they seemed to move it quite quickly. I suppose Swansea did that in a way as well mm-hmm. when they came to. Yeah, Swansea was good as well, but four Leeds were better because they were moving the ball very quickly. And even in some areas, you think that, oh, they're just going to boot it. No, they, they kept the ball on the floor and got out of some situations. So, for yeah, Leeds were very decent. Obviously, we go out to win every game, but. Could games like Saturday be sometimes more important in the way that you played, in the way that you came together after the after the red card? Could that sometimes be more important for the season as a whole than maybe a victory where it's a bit of a run-of-the-mill win and, and you, you coast through? Yeah, of course. If we have won this game on Saturday with 10 men and being one nil down as well and fighting like this, you know, I think it brings us even more together and and it would have been good for the club to have won this game and I think it would have given us loads of confidence for the next few games as well so but it's alright you know we have to keep fighting and do our best uh, at Ipswich And you were celebrating your 22nd birthday yesterday how did you celebrate your birthday? Oh oh, I was just chilling chilling with uh, my brother because obviously my family is not here so yeah, it was a quiet one, but you know, I received loads of phone calls, loads of messages from uh, my family and also from the fans, uh, which I said thank you as well. But it was a good day, yeah. And finally, if you could have one Christmas wish, what would it be? Six points before Christmas? Uh, yeah, that'd be the best, yeah, six points before Christmas and we'll have a good Christmas, yeah. So what do you think of uh, young Cedric? Keep right there. Well, not as young as he used to be, he's 22 now. Ah, yeah, days change. Vanda. Vanda, yes, yes. So it was nice to hear from uh, Mr. Kipre after his uh, good performance of the weekend. He's been a. He's definitely come on leaps and bounds. I know I was jury out on him at the start of the season, but he's been, he's been pretty solid. And he made one particular challenge on Saturday that was exceptional. 
Yeah, and he's um, he's becoming quite reliable, isn't he? He's uh, mm-hmm. got, you know, good bit of business and adapting to uh, the English game well. Well, we, we, when we had a bit of manoeuvring with the patch <coughs> between the centre halves, we kind of said it was difficult because um, the other two had been like a constant pairing last year. And he's been the best out of three of them. So he, he dropped out somewhere, didn't he? Yeah. One game. Was it Sheffield United, was it? He, he was on bench. Somewhere. Yeah, and the, yeah, and that didn't go to the, the best of ways, did yeah. it? He's been fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Thought well, Dan Byrne looked a bit more like his old self, didn't he? He did. He did. And was some, something we'll come to a bit later on with Dan Byrne, um, which... Uh, I think that comes with a run of games, though, doesn't it? It does. Game. It does. You know, cons- consistency and uh, being up there. Right, let's move on to oh, another the... another uh, of Uncle George's Oh, I'll, I'll have an Uncle George. Put one down here before we move on to our next, uh, to our next segment. Cheers, Gareth. Yeah. Cheers, Gareth. Seeing we've not had our Rigolettos yet. No, no, still, still waiting on um, the hospitality. We can do a hospitality review. Mm. It's what we're after, so if anyone at the club whose name's Nick, you can perhaps sort us out with that. <laughs> yeah, you've got my email address. Right, the FA Youth Cup. Um, we all like uh, the FA Cup round this table, don't we? And it appears our youngsters are having a jolly good time in the Youth Cup. Giant killers. Yes, as they went to Premier League youth side, Wolverhampton Wanderers, Molyneux, and beat them in their own backyard by two goals to one. A team that was down to ten men due to, um, from all, all reports, a pretty bad challenge. Classic came away 2-1 winners in the Youth Cup and have been rewarded with a, well I don't know what you can say rewarded when you've got an away tie at Hull um, coming up but it's good to see that our youngsters are, are doing the business um, at that level and Gavin Massey has played 45 minutes for the development squad this week as he's looking to step up his return to full fitness. Yeah, I mean, McDonald's was, in, McDonald's was in that team and, yeah. and Bruce as well. Good to see Messi back because he, he was uh, quite influential at the start of the season and you know, a player that we uh, we really want to have in there. So hopefully we may see him over the the busy Christmas period. Yeah, we'll see bit, little bits of him but you don't rush your hamstring back, do you? No, no. And um, yeah. It's all coming up Millhouse. Anyway. Saturday we take a trip down to Suffolk and uh, quite a bit of a drive. Those of you who've been know that it's just one road in, one road out and it is pretty boring. I've done Norwich and Colchester but not. Not done it twice. Not done it twice. Yeah, it's a long way isn't it? It's a long way, especially for a nil-nil. Oh, I think we got beat 3-0. Oh. So. I don't think we've got a great record though. We've won won twice I think and that's it. Mm. I would say Tuesday night. Danny Tabner. Chief Driver. Oh, I think uh, I watched my watch that on the big screen in the uh, in the club. Yeah, under um, Barrow. Yeah, Dyer. So, um, Ipswich. We've played them thirteen times. We've won six, drawn two, and lost five. The last meeting was at Portman Road in April 2017. A three-nil defeat. Which I've just deleted. Did you go to that game with Danny Tavern? Danny Tavern, yeah, and uh, Rob Hayes, and yeah. Yeah. Less than about that. The better. The referee uh, is Mr. Scott Duncan. Last ref us in our 1 0 home win over Rotherham in September. He's ref 17 games this season. He's issued 58 yellows and 5 reds. Gareth, how are it for which doing? <laughs> <laughs> They're quite a strong team, aren't they? It's which are doing uh, sh- sh- uh, shocking. That's <laughs> the word I was looking for. They're currently bottom of the league, having played 21 games and won just one. Which Paul told me before, they won. They actually won on the 8th of October, 3-2 at Swansea, which is a cracking result. You've got to say, Swansea were good at our place. Yeah, they've won just one of the 21 games. And they've conceded 37 goals. The bottom of the league on 11 points. So they ain't doing too well, really. And, of course, we're in 16. The last six, they've drawn two and lost four of the Gareth, last six games. 
Okay, so joining us on the line, all the way down from the uh, depths of Ipswich, is Benjamin Bloom, who uh, you can find him on Twitter, we're following him. He's a YouTuber, Ipswich podcaster and musician. Good evening, Benjamin. The depths of Ipswich? Yeah, the back end and beyond. <laughs> Could I give him this? Suffolk. Suffolk, yes, down in Suffolk. How are you doing? Would you, would you have said that if we were, like, 22nd in the league, or is it just... Are you just getting it in there while we're bottom? Hey, no, the no, season, yeah? no. We'd rather uh, a certain club above you be below you, but. Uh, oh, so would we, but yeah, we need to win some games before that. Then, uh, how are we doing, guys? Yeah, we're all yeah, good. good. So, uh, more or less full squad. So I'm just going to hand you over to Adam, who'll uh, take us away on Adam asks. You right, Ben? How's it going? I'm lovely, Adam. I, uh, I must admit, I had a, I had a nap after work, so I'm still in that slightly comatose, dopey, dopey state, but I, I think having the senses dulled and then talking about Ipswich is probably a good oh, thing. Uh, you've took the words right out of my mouth there. Sound like meatloaf. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, on to the uh, question. I guess, obviously, the starting point is um, managers, really. Obviously, it was... Um, I guess took, rolled the dice at the start of the season with um, you know good up and coming manager. Obviously, you'd had years of uh, McCarthy. Uh, just just wondering, kind of you know what your views were on obviously the uh, you know the sacking and and how it's been since. Have you seen any 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 improvement on the Lambert? Um, gosh, that's, there's a lot in that. Um, look, we rule really really behind it um, everyone including McCarthy and including Marcus Evans knew there was time for a change when the change was made obviously it become rather stale and yes we appreciate McCarthy's playoff finishing 14-15 but then 7th place, 16th place, 12th place after that and um, some well publicised bad behaviour from both sides really so that had to that had to end. We were all really pleased that they went for, uh, as you described, a young, up-and-coming manager. But, God, they've just got it so, so wrong with so many things. Um, everything was there was kind of torn up. All the good players were sold. Hurst was entrusted with a fair amount of the money that was raised from the sales of Webster, Wagner, Ghana. Um, and that doesn't mention McGoldrick on kind of free, Selena, Carter, Vickers, all the loans went back, Connolly, as you well know, um, and it just did not work at all. Um, I guess he had to go, Hurst, that is, and um, Lambert has come in, made all the right noises, done all the right things, threatened to beat Preston, threatened to beat Reading, but unfortunately beat neither of them and we sat here what is it now five yeah five no six without a win under no five without a win under under Lambert um, just praying that maybe we can get something against you guys on Saturday and that when we get to January and Lambert can do something about the fractured squad that he's been left with that we're not ten points clear uh, behind at that point so yeah a pretty muddy state of affairs let's just yeah. say so what I mean what's Lambert been doing I mean has he been kind of um, sort of experimenting a lot and making lots of changes to try and you know stumble across the kind of uh, the right personnel or has it, has it been pretty constant over the last uh, four or five weeks um, I mean the first things he's done have been sort of off the pitch he's been very complimentary about the fans and trying to unite the fans and you know inviting them down and chatting and you know being very open and terribly enthusiastic with everything he's done um, he's very much um, um, Hurst is very much a, or was very much a stand on your your arms folded on the touchline and observe and Lambert's the exact opposite trying to He's, he's a motivator. He's trying to motivate all the players and all the fans together, all at the all at the same time. He has been pretty constant. Um, the first thing he did was he took out all of Hurst's sort of lower division type signings, um, and Thiago, Nassian, uh, Nolan, Jackson, and went with the people who had sort of the most career appearances. He's kept a solid back four. Um, 
unfortunately though the goalkeeper there's some weird stuff going on there and he's had to be dropped again for the second time this season after some mistakes there was a spate of changes um, sort of between the Forest and the Stoke games but we think he was that we hope he was looking at it like well these are two hard away games and you know we program for the for the home games against Wigan and Sheffield United coming up but I hope it's not a case of trying out a load of different um, different lineups. If it is, he'll be the second manager to do it this season. We'll know that the squad of, of players that we've been left with is sadly not up to it, if that is the case. Yeah, I mean, I saw the, uh, I think it was the game against West Brom where it looked like it, your goalkeeper kind of made a couple of errors there and, and, and defensively you shot yourself in the foot. But then there was the... Um, Forget his name. Is it Lancaster, the young guy? Okay. Yeah. He took. A, he, he looked half decent, really. Will he? Will he be in the uh, starting lineup on uh, Saturday? I'd imagine so. He's um, he started the last um, two games. Um, he played in centre midfield against Forest. He found it quite hard. Forest were a lot, lot better than us. Um, and then a bit further forward, um, sort of wide in a in a four three three. Um, but he's a good. He's a good hope, but you can see what it's coming to where we're now relying on an 18 year old who's started two games in his life as the, <laughs> you know, as, as the kind of, the kind of hope. Um, Paul Lambert keeps saying in every press conference repeatedly, we need some help in January. We need some help in January. So yes, you, you, you're quite likely to see Lancaster, even if he's not starting, he'll definitely, because obviously he doesn't want to be playing 10 games in a row aged 18 we've done that before at Ipswich and um, you know crippled good yeah. promising young players playing too much at a young age but I suspect you may well see him either from the bench sort of for 30 minutes or from the start on Saturday yeah I mean on uh, on Saturday um, Colin Connolly got his sort of you know first decent minutes for us in a while he played you know just, just over an hour and he T- to be fair, in my view, he, he hasn't impressed uh, much since he's uh, since he came back to us. Last time he was here, he played in the fullback position and was very good. And then, obviously, last season he played in midfield for yourselves. And 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 um, it'd be interesting to get your take on it because, from my perspective, he's he's just been average really uh, since you know playing in the midfield area. He, 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 to me, he doesn't look like a midfielder. But what what would your view be on that? It's that's so difficult to answer without going into the cult of McCarthy ball. Um, because when you're playing Maca- under McCarthy, the, 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 the style of football is so niche that the players then struggle to then do anything afterwards without him. So in McCarthy ball, fullbacks and centre midfielders are kind of interchangeable. They need to be able to run, track, tackle and you know, give it to the fullbacks who are going to play it into the channels, basically. Um, Connolly was really, really good for us in that role, but like I've just explained, all he had to do was um, stand next to Carl Skews, do his running for him, press. He got, he got a few goals for us as well, but um, I don't know whether Paul Cook is asking him to do a bit more than that, you know, um, make the play a little bit, spray the ball about, um, from what I know about Cook, he, he possibly is, and Connolly, although he did well for us in midfield, um, it's not an orthodox midfield job that Mick McCarthy asks a midfielder to do, if that makes yeah, any I mean, he did, he, did, he did quite well, to be fair, on Saturday. He came on in, 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 in the defence on Saturday, we, we kind of switched to a, to a three, um, and he did quite well in that position, so... Anyway, um, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but on, on to uh, onto the game on uh, on, on Saturday. Uh, I mean, how 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 do you see it going? I mean, have you have you have you been kind of watching Wigan from afar this season? I mean, what what's your view on your take on Wigan? Well, we're really impressed with the start, and what I noticed is it all seems to be predicated on home form, and I think you'd probably taken most of the points out of the first five home games. Obviously we've been watching Garner and Connolly from last season and frankly we could we could do with both of them in our squads at the moment. Um, have them if you want. <laughs> 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 we, we'll, we'll have that we'll have that Lancaster then. <laughs> yeah well 
Maybe, maybe on a temporary thing that that may that may well uh, both both of um, Obviously, you had a pretty gnarly run. I think six defeats in seven or something. Stabilised over that three game week um, a couple of weeks ago. My only worry was when you did stabilise. I think the games were fairly nice games, weren't they? There was a couple of home games and Bolton Bolton away. So um, look from our point of view. We need a win from somewhere, and we're looking at every time we play anyone who's not in the bottom half, and we're not playing them at home. At the moment, we look like we're going to lose. So, when we get a team, no disrespect, obviously you're way above us in the table and they've had a way better season. When we get a team that is in the bottom half and we're playing them at home, we're going, right, can we finally, finally get the win? Your away form is not good at all I think you've only beaten Stoke is that right? Yeah we yeah. beat Stoke 3 now and we took, we, we, we took a point in our last away game but that's that's it everything else is yeah. <laughs> so, pretty poor uh, if, if, if you're an Ipswich fan clutching at straws you're saying Wigan's away form is bad we're playing at home can we can we do something can we take something so can, and can you then what's your prediction can you take something from the game because we always get the uh, opposition fans to give a prediction so uh, um, I, are you optimistic hopefully of course I'm not optimistic we're bottom of the league and we've won one game in uh, coming up to half a season now aren't we and gosh if you add on the games from the end of last season as well um, look there's been a couple of games under Lambert where we've played in quote marks really well they followed the instructions and they just haven't been good enough in we should have beat Reading um, and we should have beat Bristol City but then we haven't had the finishing power up front and we've been soft at the back so what we need to do is take one of those performances but we've got to be good in both penalty areas someone's got to stick a goal in and we've got to limit you to um, only scoring one um I think we can we can do it, but if we're as soft and fragile confidence-wise, then sadly you will come and you will you will beat us. But my my fingers are sort of firmly firmly crossed. But what is what is your view? Um, well, I think we're pretty much the same. Really, we've got to target this to get back on uh, you know get back on form and away games. Really, I mean, I think it's going to be quite scrappy, but we. My optimistic head on, I think we might maybe nick a one, one nil win, but, um, that's football fans for you, you're very difficult yeah, to. Are your key players all fit? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, so that's why I say, I mean, Greg should be, Greg should be back. Uh, he played, played a couple of weeks ago at Bolton and we rest. Powell? Uh, Powell's injured. Out, yeah. Powell injured, okay. Jacob's injured, um, Dunkley the centre back is injured. Um, uh, Naismith got sent off last week, didn't he? Yeah, gutted, he suspended, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so if you're looking at that and you're an Ipswich fan, there is some cause, cause for hope, but um, we are amazing at shooting ourselves in the foot. Like, for example, last week away at Stoke, um, survived the first 20 minutes, nil-nil, had a good period, hit the post, nearly scored from a corner, um, referee gets hurt, four minutes stoppage time, so you can kind of predict it as the ref was getting hurt, oh, we'll concede a goal in the 45 plus three, and off we go, one nil, yeah. <laughs> one nil yeah. down. So what's your, what's your score, so then? score prediction for, uh, for, for Saturday then? Oh, Christ. Um, I hope... I mean, we're not going to keep a clean sheet and the chances of scoring two goals are... I'm going for a very, very optimistic 2-1 Ipswich win. Quite how that would manifest itself, I don't know, but it's going to be so depressing because then it's Sheffield United next week, keep dry away, and then Borough, and potentially another. Yeah. We, need, we desperately, desperately need to win, Adam. Yeah, and final one for me, because uh, and it's a one-word answer. Uh, I know it's going to win the league. Possibly. Nicely <laughs> 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 diplomatic. Yeah. Right. Anyway, it's great, great talking to you, and um, she will, she will speak again for uh, our relegation six pointer, and whatever that might be. <laughs> Just uh, gonna get some away points, yeah. 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 Definitely. Definitely. All right. Cheers, mate. Thanks, guys. Bye, bye. 
Well, let's put it this way. <laughs> he doesn't sound too positive, does he? It seems like... Uh, no, I think I think his mood uh, equates to uh, Gareth's stats, really, in the sense of uh, pretty appalling. We didn't we didn't mention our form against the bottom of the league teams, did we? No. Of course, which is a bit rubbish. Right, I'll take a point now. So, how do we see it going, Gareth? Well, this is one of them games, really, that if you can't win this one, you don't deserve anything. 2-0, Wigan. So he's just as good at predicting that future there, look. <laughs> Young Adam, back in the hot seat, back in the saddle. Still bottom, is he? Still bottom, but you know. What's Adam and Ipswich got in common? <laughs> <laughs> Rock bottom and completely useless. <laughs> uh, got to be optimistic here, haven't I? Go for a nil-nil. Let me first on quest then. Alright. Yeah, and they'll talk rubbish again, so. Thorpe. Well, as I was just saying, we don't do so good against the bottom of the league side. But we've got to get some points, haven't we? Um, 3-1, Wigan. 3-1. Was it 2004? We won 3-1 there. Uh, 2014, we won 3-1 yeah. there. So it's not a bad score, 3-1. Uh, Old Adam. Uh, well, as I alluded to on Adam Asks, I'm going to go for a scrappy, awful 1-0 win. With a goal after there'll be lots of injuries and we'll score 90 plus 14. 90 plus 14. <laughs> I tell you what, if that comes in, you can have 24 bonus points. <laughs> Don't know where 24 has come from, but. And it'll be Cedric Kipfrey with a 30 yard volley. Kipfrey. <laughs> okay. 30. Celebrating his 22nd birthday. Volley. Right, so if we score in the 104th minute with a 30 yard Kipfrey volley. I'll tell you what, you can have the predictions leave. That's it, that's <laughs> it. Will you buy me a chippy tea as well? And I'll buy you a chippy tea with a battered sausage. <laughs> I'm going to go... <laughs> I'm going to go for a 1-1. Um, as we said, our form against the bottom three, or the bottom clubs, hasn't been, uh, to quote Gareth, too sparkling. Um, <laughs> I probably would take that, though. I'll take the draw. I think we should... We, well, we'd, yeah, you've gone for a yeah, 104th minute. I've gone very Kip, specific with mine. Yeah. Kipri 30-yard volley with chippy tea. Pass sausage. And Barry has uh, sent in his prediction. Not with us today, if you've only just realised that Barry's not here. Um, he's gone for a one-all um, draw. <laughs> I don't know what else I was going to go with that, because you can't really get much else, can one you? One-all result. One-all result. So, uh, so yeah. That is where we are at. Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. So, we did a bit um, earlier on in the season where we had a discussion around the upcoming fixtures. We've got five games coming up before the uh, the break for the uh, Football Association Cup. And our first game's away at Ipswich. We've uh, discussed that. And then we've got Birmingham at home. Which is um, going to be a tough game. They've sold sold out, haven't they? Their location for their trip up to the DW. Then Boxing Day, we travel down to the Hawthorns to play West Bromwich Albion, who are in good form. But we got a very good result against them earlier on this season. Then we're away to Swansea, who probably one of the best sides we've seen at the DW, along with um, Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. And then New Year's Day, we travel. Back to DW for a game against Sheffield United. So, how do we all see those five games between now um, and the start of the new year going? I mean, it's a tough, well, it's, you get tough a fixture period. Birmingham will be the last team we haven't played, so, and then West, obviously West Brom's will be the first team we've played twice. Won't we? So, we, we've kind of seen what's out there now, haven't we? Uh, Birmingham, have they gone off a little bit recently? They had a really good. They had a long run beating them, didn't they? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not yeah, sure. Too yeah. sure where they are in the uh, they league. Lost, they lost all to Bristol City last year. Yeah, and they, they lost. Know, they got fun by Villa at the Derby. And, yeah, uh, they've had it. They've had a couple of history yeah. ones, haven't they? 
Yeah, they're sitting in around ninth, ninth place yeah. in the league. To be fair, that's where if you go back again to the first podcast of the season and you're looking at the surprise package, I did say Birmingham. So uh, I said Reese James and Birmingham. Now that was. <laughs> I think someone needs to fact check these. Well, that's it. So you look at it. All of the We're playing bottom of the league, 24 position on Saturday. Then we're playing ninth, Birmingham. Uh, fifth place, West Bromwich Albion. <clears throat> then 12th place, Swansea. And then third place, Sheffield United. But, uh, yeah. I don't think any of those... No, 15 points really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I mean, 15 points today would only take it, take it to ninth. And, and obviously other teams are going to get points. <laughs> but we can, only, we can only play who's in front of us, can't we, and, uh, and get the results that we need. Um, and for a few more home games... As uh, we know, five games with three away, two at home. I'd rather have three at home, two away. Yeah, it's going to be tough, especially yeah. with our away. Every game in this league's tough. Um, look at Ipswich. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know yet. Yeah. Like Paul said before, you know, we've played the bottom teams. Stoke were round about the bottom, alright, we've got a good result to get them. Preston, QPR, and all the rest of it. Yeah. The table doesn't lie, does it? At the end of the day, it finds you out. I think at the end of the season, yeah, I think. I think, I think Get the Christmas period over and then you really are in your shirt, aren't you, where, where you're going to be, really. Um, but, I mean, I'll, West Brom, to me, is a, it sounds a tough one, but I think they just give you a chance. All the, I watched them against uh, Villa the other night and I thought Villa should have absolutely smashed them. They got another uh, handball goal, you know, it seems yeah. to be more and more of these this season after that Leeds one a few weeks ago as well. And Leeds and Leeds. And... Um, I was impressed with Villa actually. I think he's he's already looking, looking good, Villa. I would, I'd say second part of the season they're gonna they'll, they'll push on. Uh, so I, I don't fear West Brom. Um, I think the Swansea one will be tough. I, I just think they're and they're not doing as well as I thought they'd do because they I thought they were really good at our place. Yeah. But um, if switch beat them, yeah, can we say, yeah, it's easy. <laughs> But I think I think what it what it says is that anyone can beat anyone. And if you think about it, this year, I, and I know it's easier in League One because we were pretty much favourites and we're all optimistic anyway most of the time. But the, if you looked at this this stage of the season now, the main stay of the podcast, how many points we've got in comparison to last season? Um, you know, at times there've been some really surprise results, haven't there, in the yeah. in the championship? You, you just can't. Look at Bolton for stay at season one at West Brom, didn't they? Yeah. yeah it's not. It's very difficult to predict. So we could all throw our points for the next five games. But yeah, no, we'll we'll we'll, um, we'll, we'll come back to them in, in the upcoming. We'll get something between zero and fifteen. Yeah, in the upcoming pods. Now we just look back. We'll look back for Bolton, who um, still in a bit of trouble. We touched on them last week. Uh, players' wages still not been paid. Um, but that's not what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> Okay, sir, Twelve months ago, who did we play? Twelve months Twelve ago months on this ago. on this day. Yes. Uh, it's the. Yeah, um, Chris. Wood. No. Wimbledon. Was at home. Fire. It was fire, wasn't it? it was two one down. Yeah. You you round about the right time, Fleetwood. Fleet, 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 Fleet. Born yeah. to be fire day. I like that little uh, hashtag. Yeah, we was uh, on the verge of an FA Cup exit, weren't we? Born to be fire. <laughs> you like that one. <laughs> Before uh, William Grigg did what William does, and um, put them out, and we went on that FA Cup run. And five years ago, um, five years ago, we were in the championship, weren't we? Then we were indeed. Bolton was it? Nope. Didn't beat Bolton three two now. Maribor, the end of the European tour, but probably one of the best. Uh, Chris McCann sent off, didn't he? Yes, yeah. Useless ref. Yeah, dubious red card. Yeah, uh, yeah. dubious handball. And also, was it Rossless for scare? Yeah, and he doesn't wear shorts. Was uh, Russell, yeah. was uh, sang out. So yeah, still, that's uh, still. Uh, I mean, as fondly as I look back on that European tour, I still think uh, the Owen Coyle at home against Zulta. We win that game and we were through, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be honest, we'd have won it. Got signed all the best players in Europe, and by now we'd have conquered the league. Well, I think we'd, we'd, we'd have just <laughs> been playing our. Half of it. Yeah. We'd have been playing our B team. We could have had who are and been sinking it all around Europe. 
they've been playing our B team against um, some German team as we qualify top of the group. Um, we won't be doing the podcast right now because we'll be down at the uh, the Wigan Athletic Stadium, as it was known. But that was the past. We're in the present, and who knows what the future will bring? Or do we? Transfers. January is approaching, and obviously we have a few positions that need filling. Oh, Dan Burn is, uh, we know we've only got until January on loan, and there's rumours that he will be off to Derby to step up his uh, progress um, and potentially get into that Derby, uh, sorry, into that Brighton team. So I think the first thing on the agenda is going to be probably a new centre, well, not maybe the first thing, maybe the second thing on the agenda will be another centre back to come in uh, to provide cover. New left back, I think that's uh, an area that we can all say needs a bit of work on. But also the striker, um, a man in the know, bit in the paper, has, um, has released this week that a certain former England international um, is linked with the Latics in Jermaine Defoe. Can't see it myself. It'd be great though. Oh, I'm not saying it wouldn't be great. Fantastic. <coughs> One of the best finishers of the last sort of 15, 15, 20 years. But, I mean, seriously, the wages there. I mean, why would why would Bournemouth have a player who they could still use as a substitute, pay, subsidise his wages for him to come to us, when actually he could go to one of these big hitters in a championship who'll pay all his wages? There's no way. Well, he must be on... I, just as a guess, underground, would you say? Who? Before? <laughs> 50 then, 50. Probably, maybe. You, you've yeah, been a top player, hasn't he, over the... Yeah, we're talk- I mean, if you think about it now, you know, these young young players, I mean, we talked about the other week, was it like uh, Phil Foden buying a three million... Well, he's just got a new contract, hasn't he? Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is that even average run-of-the-mill players um, are getting good wages. But irrespective, even if it's 30, 40 grand, that's just nowhere near our... Oh, no, it's not. Especially when you... Take into account what Darren Mayo said when he was here about yeah. running it as a proper business and I mean, all the rest of it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Obviously, the, the, there's going to be some truth. There's going to be something that's gone on for that rumour to be generated. Definitely. Yeah, well, all, it, <laughs> all it takes for that is somebody to. Well, have it's a phone bit, call, isn't it? Bit in the paper. <laughs> bit in the paper, Thorpe. Bit in the paper. That's what you gotta go with. To be fair, though, I've just mm. I've actually just seen him at Mamma's um, Bridge McDonald's. Bit in the paper. Yeah. Yeah, did you was it Maris Bridge McDonald, was it? Yeah. Brilliant, right. So, we're going to have to Portman Road on our tractors on Saturday, and we're going to hopefully um, bring back three points. Anyone else got anything to add to this week's podcast? I like your hat. Cheers, thank you very much. Yeah. Do we, you need to describe it, though, in podcast it's a, world. a New England revolution site, isn't it? New England Patriots, Patriots uh, oh. American football. Yeah, so if they want to tweet The Revs have similar, similar form, Yes, they do, yeah. Will yeah. they retweet yeah, us, you think? Hopefully, yeah, we'll give, we'll give them a tweet. We'll give them a tweet. Right, so on that bombshell, it's a good night from me. Good night. Good night from us. Let's go and watch the end of the coming Theresa, show. Is Theresa gone? Up the ticks.